Hi guys, how you all doing? Hope you're keeping safe and well and continuing this series of Brown Car Guy and Buddies. Uh, today I'm talking to another good friend of mine, also based in Dubai, and oh, he's got a number of different hats that he wears. Um, he's a DJ, he's, uh, he does karaoke, he does uh, quiz uh, shows, quiz nights and stuff like that. But of course I know him as somebody who's involved in the motor industry and he's involved in events for media, for VIPs, for uh, tourists if you like. Uh, he's a pro driver, he's an instructor at the Dubai Autodrome but has also done work throughout the Middle East as well. So it'll be really interesting to catch up. I've known him for quite a while uh, through various events and stuff that I've done with him over the years and it'll be interesting to catch up with him and catch up on his experiences on what it's like to do these sort of things uh, over there and, and as an aside as a very useful aside he's also a little bit of an aficionado when it comes particularly to the era of modern classics so I'm going to be picking his brains a little bit on that and maybe trying to uh, entice out the top tips of what people should be getting into right now as soon as they get out of this lockdown and actually it's a good place to put their money that's all to come before we get into that make sure that you're subscribing to this channel make sure you hit that bell uh, icon as a, so that all the notifications are on so as soon as I upload a video you hear about it and of course follow me on all my social media channels just search for hashtag brown car guy that's on Instagram Facebook Twitter and of course subscribe to browncarguy.com also if you can come to my patreon account and there you'll find something very exclusive I'll tell you about that at the end of this video hey Ian how you doing long time you all right how's it going over there Really good. Very long time. Good to see you uh, online. I've been following your uh, your videos over the last few weeks and, and since you've left. So it's good to see you again and have a chat in the flesh. So oh, it is. It's been ages. It's been absolute ages. Yeah. Mm. But so, I mean, just to try and introduce those people that are tuning in, uh, you know, the two people that watch, my mum and one other person. So, so my mum. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's two people watching this one. Um, so how, I mean, when did, when we first met, when would that have been? That must have been at some event, right? Uh, yeah, it would have been 2011 uh, at Dubai Autodrome. Oh, wow. You know specifically. So go on then. How, how do you know that? It, it's only because it was the first event that I did that was, uh, that was a press event. And that was All when right. I first, first started meeting the, the media and what I do now. Uh -huh. um, I've been here 12 years now, but I've been in my current role for nine years. Yeah. So what was that event at the Autodrome then? Um, I, I'm, I had said to you before, I'm not going to mention any manufacturer names because I want to keep everyone happy. Um, the reason, and the reason being, um, is because it's uh, you're I, still I, out there. I, I'm still here. Um, and I do work with, with a lot of different people and yeah. I don't have any favorites. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was uh, just trying to, I was just trying to recall what that event might have been. I, like but that. I, but I'll, give you, I'll give you a clue. I drive, I drive one. So it'd be a, it'd be a, an FCA event. Yes. <laughs> Not to name names, but to name names. Yeah, yeah thanks for but, that. <laughs> but, but they always, but to be honest, like they always do pretty good events because honestly, their cars are just awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I love all cars. Um, yeah. I've grown up with cars. If it's got an engine and it's got wheels, and to be honest, now if it's not even an engine, it's an electric engine. Yeah. If it, if it drives, I, I love it. I love cars. So, full I mean, so actually, so this is one of the things. So, I mean, obviously, I introduced you earlier in the intro. I said you're, you're a pro driver. I tried to give people an idea of what you do, and we'll go a bit more into that. You know, you're mm -hmm. a pro driver, you do events, you're a DJ, do quizzes, you do karaoke. But I know you as a walking, talking uh, automotive encyclopedia, particularly, <laughs> particularly. <laughs> 
in other words, a sad anorak. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> particularly of what would now be termed a sort of modern classic era, isn't it? That's that's Very kind much. of where, where where. So how 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 do you know so much, and how and how is that that era, era that you've picked? Why is that? Is that your lifetime era? It's the lifetime era. Um, why I remember it, I don't know. Um, I have a habit of remembering useless pieces of rubbish that no one else cares about. Um, and I just retain them. And I might retain them for years, and then it, something will come up and I know something about it. I don't know why. I was useless at school. I couldn't retain anything there. Um, but, you know, the start of it was I, I, I was brought up in a motor industry family. My, my right. father was a car salesman right, um, right. And, then, and then general manager. Um, and from the age of two or three. Can, can you say what brand that was? Uh, yeah, at the time he was with BMW. Um, wow, that's a pretty cool brand to yeah. get a grounding in, isn't it? How old were yeah. you at the time? I, I would have been, well, I was taken home from the hospital in a BMW 2002. Oh. Um, and my dad had just moved over, I think, from uh, Chrysler or Hillman, as it would be in the UK. Yeah. Uh, he previously worked with uh, Lamborghini and ESO in the UK. Oh, wow. Um, and then when I was about two or three, he would have been with BMW Park Lane, as it was, which was the UK oh, yeah, concessionaires. Yeah. Yeah. And then on Saturday mornings, when my mum needed a break, he would take me into the showroom when I was about three. And he'd just cool. let me wander off. And I'd be sitting in all the cars, pressing all the buttons, and I was having a great time. <laughs> Did so you that, sell anything? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's where the, the, the love of cars came oh. from. And, mm -hmm. and dad at the time was uh was bringing home all sorts of cars because working in central london it was the the high-end market then. Yeah, yeah that's right um he was bringing home lamborghinis ferraris lotuses wow. you name it he brought it home so by the age of five i pretty much knew everything that was on the road wow wow that's amazing and then then the the love came from there and then i grew up getting into cars myself in 80s and, uh, and 90s when i started driving um and now all the cars that we all lusted after then when we were in our teens, yeah. now we see the prices of them absolutely rocketing because... Just about everything. I mean, it's almost like yeah. every, every other car that I ever owned has actually shot up in value. So if I just remember a few, like the CRX, um, the uh, Supra, Celica Supra, the E30 uh, BMW. I mean, all yeah. of those cars, if, if I'd kept them. <laughs> I, I've given up thinking about it. I, I had two... Um, two-door Mark II Escorts. Oh man! Um, which I remember buying and selling. And you for had a two-you had a two-point-eight Capri, which I was so jealous about because yeah. I wanted. I, I wanted too. to get. Actually, I had the Supra because actually I had mm. been saving up to get a two-point-eight Capri. So mm. I figured at that time this was must have been early nineties, and I think I'd saved up about two grand. I figured I needed about two and a half to get a good two-point-eight that I was after. And then one mm. of the guys that used to contribute to the newspaper where I used to work, and he turned up one day in a Celica Supra. And I went down to see him off, and I was like, what the heck? And it's just so not him. It was not him at all. Yeah. You know, he's like, he was a very staid, very serious sort of chap. And I'm like, this, it's like and this thing has got pop-up lights, and it had the one with the digital dashboard and everything. And I'm like, I was smitten. And I'm like, what's the mm. deal, man? Why, why have you got this car? And he goes, oh, well, you know, a friend needed some money in here to get rid of it. So I just, you know, I've got it. So I'm, I'm going to get rid of it, though. And I was like, mm. I've got two grand in my pocket right now. Would you? <laughs> and he goes, Is this, it's yours? I was like, oh, my God. So then and there, I literally. So that's, that's why the Capri never happened. Because, you know, I got seduced by a Supra. 
I I bought one. My my best friend bought one. Uh, Barry. He bought one at the age of eighteen, a, a black one, and wow. um, I always wanted one. Um, and I I went around and looked at loads of different ones, and I bought the white one first. Um, and then later on, as it happened, I ended up buying the black one off my best mate. All right. Um, so, I, so I ended up owning that car as well. Um, oh well, not at the same time. After. No, not at the same time. No, no I sold. I sold the white one uh, when uh, I'd spent four and a half thousand pounds on it, trying to make yeah. it right. Oh my god! Wow. The money pits. They four are and money half, pits. Four and a half grand back then would have been. That's a lot of money. That would have been ninety six, ninety seven. Wow, that would have been a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. and I still, I still only sold it for a thousand quid. Yeah. <laughs> That hurts. Uh, so, that hurts. You know. Yeah. And what are they now? They're about. They're at least fifteen grand, aren't they? Yeah, they're fifteen plus at the moment. But it, it's it's like everything from even the seventies. You look at the values then of cars that we didn't realise were going to be classics. And yeah. a, a prime example, and I'll never forget the conversation I had with my dad. Um, he bought home, and I don't remember this car. It's one of the few I don't remember. He bought home a Daytona Ferrari. Wow. Um, which came in as a trade-in. And they didn't two, have... Two, 275 GTB, that one? Uh, no, 365. The, the normal oh, Daytona. The, right, right. But with the, with the sort of the, the sharp end, the sloping yeah. nose on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and um, it, they bought it in and then sold it on afterwards. But he used it while they, they had it as a trade-in. Yeah. I said, just out of interest, how much was it? Yeah. He said, oh, this has been about 72, 73. So it was, a bit, yeah. it was probably around the time just before I was born. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, well, we bought it for £4,000 and sold it for seven. Oh, my God. And that's a million pound car now. And, and, he, and, was, and, just, he, and he was just driving it around as well at the time. Yeah. yeah. We, we lived in the <laughs> back end of West London. <laughs> you see, so, this, so I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit. It reminded mm. me of a story. So when we were back in Saudi, so I grew up in Saudi in the 80s. My dad worked out there. Um, nobody in my family has any interest in cars. I don't know where my car genes have come from because nobody, in, even, even in the widest of social circles or the family circles, nobody had mm. any interest. Certainly not my dad. He only started driving when he moved to Saudi because he had to. It was the only way to get around. And he hated it, to be honest. So anyway, one day he comes home and he goes, and he, had, and he worked with a, uh, another guy, also from the UK. And he comes home, I can't remember his name. Let's call him Charlie for the sake of it. All right, he comes home and he says, you know, Charlie's come up to me and he said he's seen this uh, Ferrari 308. And uh, it's in a dealership and it's going for 50,000 reals. Now, that would be what, less than 10,000 pounds or something like that. Mm. And he says, and he's just telling me to go halves on it. Can you imagine the, 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 the 10 year old kid and me going, buy it, buy it, buy it. And I kept trying to persuade my dad to go with it. He said, guys, I, he said, I don't know about cars. I'm not interested. I don't know if it'll be any good. What are we going to do with it? I don't want to drive it. And I'm like, no, no, just buy it, just buy it. And then they didn't. The car slipped through. Somebody else bought it. And then, of course, I think it was like a month or two months after that, that Enzo Ferrari died and all Ferrari yeah. values went. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember trying to persuade my stepfather to buy a brand new Sierra Cosworth at sixteen thousand pounds, wow. Wow. which is what Actually, they were. Sixteen, weren't they about twenty thousand pounds? Or was that? that I'm, that was I'm the, thinking of Sapphire. The uh, the the first one, the, the RS was sixteen one hundred or something, mm -hmm. and then it was twenty three grand if you wanted the RS five hundred, and then obviously right, they right, went right. up from there as yeah. as inflation happened. I was right; he should have bought one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So anyway, so that dictates where that all comes from. Yeah. Um, but then you did these other things. 
So you're obviously hedging your bets. You didn't want to, were you, were you, did you set out for a career in the car industry or did you like, okay, let me see, I've got, I've got DJing on the go, I've got karaoke on the go and where, where am I going to end up? Was it that sort of thing or you, you well, this is where you wanted to end up? Sort of, if you go back further to when I left school, I actually started work in an insurance company because I thought it's a solid job. I'm yeah. not going to be a car salesman. I'm not going to go into the motor trade. I'm going to have a solid job that's always going to be safe. And after 18 months, I got fed up with that and decided to go yeah. and be a car salesman. Right, right, right. And then uh, I was too young at the time, so I ended up working in car warranties uh, as a warranty adjuster. How exciting. From there, I moved into after... Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's nuts. What's broken? <laughs> um, <laughs> from there, I moved into being a service advisor, service manager with various manufacturers. Uh, I, I worked with BMW as well. At one point, mm. my dad worked with me, which was amazing. Wow. Um, and then I came over here uh, 12 years ago, and I again, it's another conversation with my dad. I, I said to him a long time ago, I'm fed up with working hard and earning a lot of money for people, and I don't really see any benefit. Yeah. I'd be a lot happier doing something I love um, that pays me enough money to have a reasonable lifestyle. I wasn't, wasn't ever going to be rich. Mm -hmm. I didn't worry about that. Um, but I wanted to enjoy myself. And um, I quit the motor trade. Um, I know it's a strange thing to say. I ended up running karaoke's and quizzes over here. Yeah. Which actually was a lot better off. Um, and then I realized that I was only working four nights a week and I was bored. Uh -huh. So um, I'd met James Burnett, um, who you obviously know uh, yeah, yeah, previously. Yeah. The great James Burnett. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and when I had a chat with him at Dubai Auto Train, where he was working mm -hmm. at the time, uh, had an assessment with uh, Mr. Sean Stevens mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. and ended up becoming an instructor. And with a lot of help from the boys uh, up at the Auto Train, I became an instructor and then I carried on working with James. And that's how I ended up working with him and Drive Dynamics. So, so had you, it, it so just sort of evolved. Have you done any sort of um, driving like that before? Had you done anything here? Had you done any track days or no. racing or anything like that? Not really. I did a bit of karting when I was a kid, but that was it. Um, uh, but having the passion of being able to explain how mm -hmm. a car worked, actually mm -hmm. in my industry, is sometimes more important than actually being able to drive well. Yeah. Uh, I can hold my own, don't get, yeah. me, don't get me wrong. Um, but um, being able to explain to someone who isn't technical how a car is working and why what they're doing is having that effect, mm. sometimes it's just as effective. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes you get racing drivers who, who can't explain what the car's doing. They can yeah. just tell you it's, it's doing it. Whereas um, you get people who aren't racing drivers who can explain what it's doing. So I've yeah. got a sort of a bit of a balance. And then you have journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen a grey I've got? Yeah. Oh, I used my to have God. Hair. And, that, uh, and that's just me. <laughs> I, I'm not pointing any fingers um, at all. But um, but you, but you must have some stories to tell. I, you can I'm probably very... tell without naming names. But honestly, like you know, I mean, we've done a lot of events together. Uh, we've done road drives, track drives, yeah. all kinds of stuff, you know. And you know, you do go on some of these things, and and the the skills displayed. And it's not always journalists, of course. Nowadays, you have an expensive arrangement where you have journalists and influencers yeah. and lifestyle people and all kinds of things and VIPs. So you 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 immediately you see that there is quite an expansive range of skills that are available in, in, yeah. in these situations. Um, so what sort of the, you know, anything that stands out in terms of being the scariest or the funniest incidents of these? Um, 
we, we've had all sorts of things happen. Um, I, I did have um, one incident happen on an event in Bahrain. Um, and actually, I, th I think it was the VIP event that we were doing. It was a road drive. Um, and we were coming from a hotel in the centre, out to the racetrack, and then back to the hotel again. And we're on our way back out, and I've got my trainer cars behind me, and I, I talk to them all on a radio. So they know what to do, and they know not to misbehave on the road. Um, and we all stay safe, because the, the ultimate aim is to get everyone back in one piece and everyone happy. So we just left the racetrack, and I've stopped at a set of traffic lights, and there's some little beaten-up car in front of me. And just before the lights go green, the guy's come off the brake pedal and rolled backwards into me. Oh, not hard. Oh, my goodness. It just bumped into the front of the car. Oh, dear. So I, I went to get out, and I've, I've got on the radio to the guy. I said, guys, just bear with me a second. I know the lights are green, but the car in front of me just rolled into me. I'm yeah. just going to check the car. With that, the car in front has shot off up the road. <laughs> before I've even oh, got a chance to get my seatbelt on, three of the cars behind me have yeah. shot off after him. Oh, my they goodness. Locked <laughs> him in. I would never, ever condone this. It was just very funny at the time. <laughs> um, they've, they've blocked him in like a rolling roadblock towards the side of the oh road. Oh, my God. Pulled him over at a hard shoulder right by, um, for those of you who have ever been to Bahrain, they have a lot of police checkpoints. Huh. And they pulled him up next to a police checkpoint. Um. And the police have obviously got out with AK-47s and started running towards this car. <laughs> By which point I've caught them to find this poor bloke absolutely terrified. Oh, my <laughs> Almost I at bet, gunpoint. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, guys, calm down. It's okay. Oh <laughs> what was the car that they you were They were very in? protective. Um, it was just an SUV. Um, uh, just an SUV. Wow. I was in. It was just a, a, was a change it, car. Was um, it high-end? Yes. Oh. Yes. So high enough. So, so there's, there's yeah. this guy in this beaten up car and he's surrounded by these high end cars. <laughs> yeah. And police. Oh um, my like, God. I, I checked the car. There was no damage. It's a little mark yeah. on the plastic. It was absolutely yeah. fine. I said, look, guys, there's no, no harm. There's no yeah. damage. It's fine. And the, and the police are like, should we let him go? I'm like, yeah, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Safety's back on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all right now. <laughs> So and that, that's the sort of, and <laughs> you know so, safety to be honest is is paramount of what we do um mm. because we're dealing with um one expensive cars and two people's yeah. lives and yeah. and that's the main thing we always want to be safe so yeah. usually i um, i try to get on the radio saying guys just pull back get off him don't leave yeah. him alone doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you, you know what they can be like sometimes Sometimes, you know, the, the adrenaline rushes to the head. And, and, and of course, you must have noticed that in some of the track events and stuff that you've done, particularly when you do obstacles and things like that. I mean, do you find sometimes it's, uh, I mean, how do you deal with some people that get overexcited when you, a lot, for a lot of people, it's the first time they've been in that environment where they're on a track and they're like, oh, mm. and to a lot of people like, I can do anything now. It's, it's that kind of, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if, if, I'm in, if I'm in car with them, bizarrely, it's a lot easier. Um, I just talk to them, ask them lots of questions, very simple, right. and they slow down. Right. Because is that, most, is that most, a distraction technique? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Most, most people can't do two things at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you've ever, those of you who've ever um, illegally used your phone whilst driving on the road mm -hmm. um, will know that if you're on a highway, you start talking on the phone, yeah. and then after a couple of miles, you realise you've dropped 
20 kilometers an hour. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. exactly the same. Start, yeah. I start asking the guys questions about anything apart from yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah. They slow down. Um, yeah. So actually, it, it works quite well. I've learned a few tricks that have kept me in one piece and then. Yeah. It's You're like, still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you say that because it's like, so I did a series, back at Car Magazine, I did a series of interviews with, uh, with CEOs where mm. I got them to drive their cars. And, uh, and the interviews were great because they were focusing on driving and then we were on the road. So yeah. you could ask them anything and, and, you know, they would let slip stuff that normally they'd be a bit guarded with, you know. So it was, it was, it was a pretty good tactic, you know. Um, but it, it, it is an interesting way of doing it. So in terms of, you know, but when you have to try and get people into that environment and then, you know, teach them what a car can do. Because, you know, the other thing is like one of the things I found, you know, a, a very common um, thing that you do in these uh, sort of defensive driving courses is you do the brake and swerve test right yeah. um, and you get people to brake you know um, and what I find is a lot of people then go into the cones and that's because people for example they seem to be shy of the brake pedal people mm. don't know just how yeah. hard you can hit a brake pedal right you know we try and encourage people when uh, the, the uh, exercise you're talking about is when they're using full ABS emergency braking mm. uh, and you very rarely see it or use it on the road Okay, so there's two things that people don't do on that sort of exercise. The first one is they don't hit the brakes hard enough, so they don't even activate the ABS. Yeah. So they're going too fast to avoid the obstacle that we've set up for them in the first place. The second thing is they focus on the cones. Yeah. And if you look at the cones, you will hit them. Yeah. And it, it's like when, if you play any ball sport, whether it be football or cricket or tennis, they tell you to look at the ball. If you look at the ball, you'll hit it. Yeah. So I tell them, look at the gap. And mm. if you look at the gap, you'll hit the gap, not the cones. Yeah. And generally we can get people around it, but they're, they're scared of breaking the car when actually yeah. it's a system there to actually help them. And we have had people come back to us afterwards and say, do you know what, what you taught me actually helped me because the following week this happened and yeah. I used what I learned and it saved me. So yeah. it, it might not necessarily save you, but it might help. No, definitely. I think, you know, that's one of the things I've always found is that particularly with ABS and particularly with earlier systems on ABS is mm -hmm. because ABS, you, always have, you used to have to go past a certain point with the brake pedal for it yeah. to actually work. And at that point, traditionally, and in, in, not so much in the modern cars, but in the older cars, it kind of feels like it's snapped and then it kind of rattles, yes. you know. And that yes. freaks a lot of people out because a lot of people think yeah. they've broken something. They're like, oh, no, I've damaged the car. I've damaged the brake pedal. But that's actually what it's meant to do. You know? Exactly. And, and I think a lot of people don't really know that. So one of the things that you have to do is, is to get ordinary people and push them past their preconce preconceived notions or their, their personal set limits, if you like. But then on the other hand, you probably have a lot of egos turn up as well, don't you? A, a number of them. <laughs> a, a massive amount of them. Um, whether it's uh, customers, media, whoever. Most guys in the world think they're the best drivers in the world. Yeah. And uh, that, that's just the way it is, especially if they're a petrol head. They think they're amazing drivers. When it comes down to it, we're always learning. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing is if we get women coming along, they don't have that ego, so they're actually a lot easier to teach. Right. Because... One, they don't want to die, and two, they listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We, we actually find that um, they can actually improve quicker than the guys. The guys turn ah, up, and eventually they switch off. They stop listening, and they, yeah. they, off they go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we get some interesting characters, um, yeah. and it, it's really funny to see how sometimes the, the big ego drivers um, don't often go as quicker as the guys who are a little bit more timid, who actually mm. listen, learn the techniques, and then go quicker. Yeah.
Yeah, no, it's interesting. We were you were mentioning the other day a mutual journalist friend of ours mm. that's no longer uh, around, sadly, and yeah. uh, who always seemed to apparently underrate his abilities. Yeah, he he hated doing um, uh, exercises like that and track exercises, mm. um, but when we put him on timed handling courses, mm. he'd generally be he, he'd won a couple of times, but he'd generally be in the top three, mm. and he always said he wasn't a very good driver. Yeah, yeah. And, and he would never get in a car with his colleague. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm definitely not mentioning names now. Right. <laughs> but, although I think I know exactly who you mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a private joke for those of you. Exactly. Yeah. You I wouldn't know. know. I know. Matter. I know. I know. So, but but you know, but these things can be a lot of fun, and they're certainly like a test of both the car and the skills. It's always difficult though for a, a journalist because, see, I've always struggled with track stuff, and the reason that is is because I'm not a natural track guy, and I'm like, you know, this is not what I what I'm here to do. And then sometimes you go on track days, and they're trying to instruct you to do this and do that, and you go, well, that's all really good if I'm trying to get a good line on the track, but that's not really what I'm here for. What I'm here for is to drive this car because sometimes that's the one chance that we get to drive that car, particularly in an environment where we can maybe go quicker and stuff like that. So it's always really, I always find that as a journalist, as, as opposed to maybe your VIP crowd or your other crowds, your learner crowds, but as a journalist, it's always a little bit difficult because we're trying to contradict what we want as opposed to what the organizers are trying to do. Yeah, I get that because obviously you're looking to, to report it from a, a, a road point of view because mm. let's face it, 90% of the time, in fact, 95% of the time, the cars are never going to see a racetrack. Yeah. But it, it gives you an idea of what the cars are capable of. Um, and if we've got a handling section as well, then it can show you how the car changes direction. Yeah. Generally, I think that you'd probably get the car on the road afterwards as well. Mm. So it's an, it's an opportunity to have a bit of fun and, and push the limits of the car a little bit. Mm. Um, and also to, to, to get a bit of excitement for you. So that helps when you yeah. write your piece or yeah. with camera or whichever it is. Yeah, but it's always quite funny because some journalists turn up and they're very, very serious about this. You know, some, oh, of course you know, so. If, if a journalist turns up in racing shoes, I'm always like, okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I once said, I never forget this. I, it's not a journalist. I once had a gentleman turn up um, uh, when I was instructing on a track and he had uh, Ferrari racing boots. He had Ferrari gloves. He had a full Ferrari race suit. Oh, with wow. Ed and Senna's name on it, who's, oh who's never God. driven for Ferrari, um, didn't have his own crash helmet. Um, but I thought, okay, um, I'm going to step back when they ask for volunteers on this one. Um, unfortunately, I didn't step back quick enough, so I ended up instructing him. And I swear to God, he didn't go over 60 kilometres an hour for the whole track. Oh, my God. Dear, oh dear. It was the funniest thing ever. I'm like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> left honestly it was so funny so he's going back to um, egos or, or uh, perceptions Isn't it? you don't and always he, know maybe he was just there for the instagram post um i think it was before that all right <laughs> before instagram had got big because <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking like if you've gone to all the effort and the expense of getting the racing shoes getting the racing overall getting out and mm. name inscribed on it but then you didn't mm. buy the helmet it's like, yeah. well, it's like, you, you didn't go all he, the way what happened I, I think he was on holiday so he didn't pack yeah. it i'm not sure <laughs> right 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 okay <laughs> Dear, oh dear. And, that's, and that's the other thing, isn't it? Because you do get, I mean, uh, Dubai is obviously a hub for tourism. 
Yeah. And then obviously you get a lot of tourists and a lot of tourists come down, they do the experiences at the, the way Autodome, don't they? Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, what, 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 what are they in for when they come and do those sort of things? Uh, they, they come in for all sorts. Of, you get a lot of people driving the single-seaters uh, up there, a lot of people driving the GTs. Um, we get a lot of tourists uh, coming over and driving because they're petrol heads. They come yeah. to a hotel. They realise in Dubai, okay, you've got the weather when, the, when it's not middle of summer. You've got shopping. You've got the desert. You've got a few theme parks. What else is there to do? Ah, oh, it's a racetrack. Yeah. And, and you know that's when they they think, ah, oh, great, I'll go up there. So we we get lots of different nationalities. Some of them don't even speak English, yeah. so that can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. We we have to get go-betweens and translators to tell us the keywords. So mm-hmm. I, I think I know break in about five different languages now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as long as I know that one, <laughs> all, 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 all shouted at the top of your voice, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The louder give, it is, go on, give us more. give us a few different uh, uh, breaks in different languages. Go on. Uh, in uh, French, it's Fren. Fren, uh, okay. Fren. Uh, in German, it's uh, Bremser. Brems. All right. Uh, Polish, I think, is Tormos. <laughs> oh, that's sure a lot. That's that's two syllables, man. That'll take too long. <laughs> yeah, it's po- Polish or Russian is Tormos. I think it's about all I've got at the moment. So but, if, you've got, uh, if you've got two syllables, you're in trouble because that's like yeah. that's way past the marker board, isn't it? <laughs> It's too late. <laughs> so uh, it can be a lot of fun. It, it can yeah. be a lot of fun. And you all have a laugh about it afterwards. And, and in yeah, the long yeah. run, even though I'm in the passenger seat, I still got a semblance of control there. So, so you, so, so you, so you, you provide those experiences on track. And then, of course, you do your DJ stuff and you do your karaoke stuff yeah. and you do your quiz stuff. Have you thought of combining these into one ex- set experience? <laughs> um, it's been suggested. <laughs> um, I, I, did, I did have a friend of mine who came for an experience one day and I said, mm-hmm. uh, for the first lap, I'm just going to sing to you for the yeah. first lap. Yeah. She was quite nervous anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have done that. Um, I have run a motoring quiz, which I did a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I know you've done one as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So these little crossovers and I've even been on events sometimes where um, it, it's not a manufacturer we work with for whatever reason and someone else has hired me to DJ at that event. So I've been on, on automotive events as a DJ as well. <laughs> wow. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I have that. I actually have done one for uh, one of the race teams uh, at the, um, the World Endurance Championship at uh, Bahrain a few years ago. Um, I was doing hot laps for them in the morning with uh, a couple of XF1 drivers, and then I was DJing for their end of year party at the end of it. <laughs> that I was bet, good fun. I bet it was a good gig. <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, 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 what lies in future for you? Are you going to hang out in Dubai? Is that is that? I mean, at the moment, obviously, things are really difficult there. Now, how are you coping with the situation at the moment? There, I, you know, a lot of people in, in what I do, because we're we're effectively to an extent we're freelance. Um, so, mm. if we don't work, you you don't earn. Yeah, um, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people here are struggling because historically, a lot of expats live here paycheck to paycheck or yeah. with debt or whatever um luckily i don't do that mm. um so i'm okay at the moment fortunately touch wood um and i plan to stay here for the foreseeable mm. uh, if we can all ride the storm a lot of people are getting down about it a lot of people mm. getting depressed particularly the situation um but you can't um nobody knows what is going to happen none of us know You've got lots of people saying, oh, the lockdown will be till October. It's going to be yeah. till 2023. It's going to be till July. Nobody knows. And yeah. until someone says, right, this is it. 
this is what's happening. There is no point getting upset and stressed about it because we don't know. No, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. One of the things that I've been looking at a lot, and we're nearly, we're nearly up, so this will be like hopefully the final point, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll pick yeah. this up again in a future conversation. So, yeah, so uh, one of the things that I've been looking at is obviously the markets the, for cars, both for new cars, used cars, but also for classic cars. And based on what's, and even before this all happened, we saw classic car markets come, uh, values coming down and stabilizing. Based on the experience of the previous recession, of course, a lot of, lot of speculators, a lot of investors moved into classic cars and then the values mm. shot up. So just to, to wrap up, because of your encyclopedic knowledge, especially of modern classics, what are your top tips for people that they should be thinking about getting into now, which I'm almost certainly going to go up in value? Uh, oh, that's got you thinking, oh, isn't it? That's got, oh, oh, oh. that's got you salivating, honestly, hasn't it? <laughs> There's a question. If I knew yeah. that, I'd be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do believe that whatever happens in the next few months, once this lockdown and people are starting to get back to normal, I think there will be quite a large resurgence in new cars anyway, because I think everyone will be a bit excited to get out and they will want to go and enjoy their lives because they know actually things could change tomorrow. Let's go and, and live. Um, I still think that the, the 80s, 90s classics will stay pretty stable and probably go up a little bit more. Um, a lot of people have said that the, the, the bottom's going to fall out of them again. But mm. I think the people who, who lived in that time and w were lusting after them then, now they've been married, they've had their kids, the kids have left yeah. home, they've got some spare money, now is the time for them to go out and get them. So if you, if you had a car that you really wanted when you were 17, 18, 19, yeah. as long as it probably hasn't got a Ford badge on it, because uh, <laughs> they've gone nuts, yeah. go and buy it. You know, Renault 5 turbos are slowly creeping up. Yeah. XR2 Mark IIs, you can still buy one for £6,000. But I've really? seen them for fifty. Yeah, I've seen them for fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah, but they're um, very rare now. They are, you know. I had one of those as well. Um, mm. Any of the hot hatches and going into the, the end of the nineties, yeah. um, limited edition stuff, things yeah. like that. You know, there's a lot of cars that are starting to to disappear. If you see it and you want it, then go and buy it now because we're a long time dead. Go and enjoy your lives. I think that's a good note on which to end this on. So thanks so much, Ian. It's been fantastic. Absolutely wonderful to catch up Thank with you. you again after so long. Um, just before we sign off, let people know how they can find you because I know you're doing a lot of stuff online as well and you're doing quizzes and DJing and stuff like that. Just let people know where they can find you. I am. Thank you. Uh, if, you if you're into quizzes and DJing, if, particularly here, the quizzes I'm doing online at the moment on a Saturday night, uh, go on Facebook, um, DJ Coxie in Dubai very easy to find and um, if you're into just car photos my instagram is just car photos and that's coxie in dubai um, so i'm pretty easy to find awesome i'll put the links below as well in the description ian Perfect. fantastic thanks so much catch you again Thank soon you. take care buddy see you soon take care <laughs> Didn't I tell you that there would be some top tips in that uh, as to what you should rush out and buy right now? I think I'm going to be checking out the classifieds in a minute. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It was great to catch up uh, with a wonderful, wonderful chap over there in Dubai. I'm going to be lining up a few more of these, so stay tuned. Like I said, make sure you're subscribing to this channel. Make sure you hit that bell notification icon so that you get updated every time I upload one of these videos or any of my videos, including recent car reviews that I put up, uh, the MGHS and the BMW. 330e all on this channel go and check those out and of course some great conversations i've had recently with people like kevin haggerty james rupper and others um, 
Also, make sure you follow me on all the social media channels. Like I said, hashtag BrownCarGuy. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to BrownCarGuy.com. And if you enjoyed this video, video consider uh, supporting me on Patreon.com forward slash Shazad Sheikh. And here you'll also find some uh, unique piece of content exclusive to that URL only which is kind of like my parody sequel to the original Cannonball Run movie. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Let me know what you thought of it. Thanks so much for watching this video. Like I said, stay tuned. More to come. See you again soon.